Welcome to this message from Port Life Church. Our goal is to bring life to the Port community and beyond. And our hope is that this message will inspire and encourage you today. I'll take you back to March 2021. Um, It's a long time ago, isn't it? March 2021. You're probably thinking this is going to be some sort of COVID story, but it's not. Um, I was at an op shop and in the front window when I was walking past, I saw this lovely pair of pants. I've got a photo of them right here. And I looked at them and I thought, that's really weird because in an op shop, pants are normally like with all the pants, right? But it was sitting in the front window and it just got me curious. So I went over and I looked at them and if you look at the next photo, it said Christian Dior. And I'm thinking, wow, this now we're $25 by the way. And I'm thinking, okay, do I take a risk on this or not? Because you know they're one of two things. They're either real or they're fake. And then I did some good research. I, I posted that photo on um, Facebook and I said to everybody, are they real or fake? And I got so many different responses. Um, lots of people going, yeah, yeah, that's real, that's real. And some others went, nah, that's definitely fake. So then I actually went onto a site that helps you tell if these things are real. And there's ways you can do this. You look at the button, you look at the seam, uh, the stitch and all of that to determine if it's a fake or a real. And after putting it through about four or five different tests, it passed every test. So they were real. So I did what you should do. I put them on eBay and sold them, as you can see on the next one there. I got 300 bucks for them. Now, but I want you to imagine if, imagine if they weren't real, but I decided I was going to sell them as being real anyway. And then they got the pants, they received them in the mail, and then they also got a bit suspicious about these pants and decided that they would do the, look it up online. And you can see the, how you can tell if these are real or fake, and they realise that they've got some fakes. I'll tell you what would happen. To start with, that buyer would never trust me ever again. And I think they'd also let everybody else know on eBay that I am a fake He's going to rip you off. He's dishonest. He lacks integrity. Do not buy from this person. Even if the pants looked right, even if they functioned well as pants and I couldn't fit them. So um, I think it was Sandy Bailey said to me, you should wear them. But um, yeah. And what if they even felt nice to wear? What What if they were everything except for just real? Like, apart from the brand, everything else was perfect about them. I tell you what, they'd still be very, very unhappy because nobody likes being sold a fake. And when it comes to our faith, I think it's absolutely exactly the same. People can't stand fake. Do you agree with that? They want to see when it comes to a Christian that your faith is genuine. People don't want to know that you have a Sunday version and then a Monday version of you. People want to know that it's the same you every day. And this is something that we really value as a church. It's the first value of our new vision, know genuinely. So how can you genuinely know someone? How can you genuinely know someone that isn't being real? I'd say you can't. If a person's not being real, 
you, do, you don't actually know what you're dealing with, which is why our vision challenges you and I to keep it real. We want you to keep it real with God and we want you to keep it real with others. Now, today, I'm only going to be looking at specifically us keeping it real with God. Now, I'm sure most of you know he, God is omniscient, and which means he knows everything, which means you can't fool God. And we all know that he's omnipresent. It means he's everywhere. And this means he sees absolutely everything. It says in Isaiah 29, the Lord says, These people come near to me with their mouth and honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. I may say to people, look, yeah, my, my relationship with God is great. And at the same time, God's saying to me, really? You never spend time with me. Why are you saying that to people? He sees me struggling to prioritise alone time with him. He knows I struggle at times to even want to spend time with him. He sees how easily I'm distracted from giving him my time. And he knows that at time, he knows that I ignore him at times unless I need something from him, unless I'm in a desperate situation. And yet he hears and he sees me say to other people, Jesus is my number one priority. We're great. And I've been amazed over the years at the number of people that I've talked to that are pretty open, they're honest, and they say, look, I don't really read the Bible much and I don't pray. And yet at the same time they say, but I have this great relationship with God. And I would say to that, how is that possible? Why, are you texting him? Are you like, do you private message God? How can you do that if you're not talking to him and if you're not reading the Bible? How can you have a great relationship? How can there be a relationship? What is going on? God knows what's going on. God knows what's really going on with us. Nothing is hidden from him. It says in Hebrews 4.13, nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. He can see the deepest thoughts in my mind. He can read my attitudes perfectly. He knows all the secrets of my heart. He knows the real me. He knows the real you. And Psalm 139 confirms this. It says, O Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit up or stand up. Oh, when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand a blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. You know, God knows everything about us, every single thing. There is nothing more that God needs to know about us. He knows it all. The only thing he may not have, which he truly deeply desires, is a close relationship with us. Because he wants us to know him genuinely. So what's he requiring of us? One thing he doesn't want us to do, he doesn't want us to research him. 
It's not about you trying to go and just find out stuff about God. He's asking us to reach out to him. He wants us to really know him in a personal way. And there's only one way that you can really know God. The same as there's only one way you can really know anybody, you must be in a personal, in a real relationship with someone. There's no other way. You know, I know my wife Sally fairly well because we've been in a real relationship for 26 years. And sure, sometimes I've got absolutely no idea what she's thinking um, and possibly she's got no idea what I'm thinking sometimes because I don't know her perfectly. It's a process. We continually grow to get to know each other. And I think it's the same with us and God. In 2 Peter 3.18 it says, You must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. And, you know, growing, growth, it's a process. It's not something we just have or don't have. The more I get to know God, the better I understand him. And so the better my relationship is with him. But it is a process. It's a relationship. Relationships take time to grow. It's not instant. Takes a lot of work. But God wants us to genuinely get to know him. So what I want to look at today is how can we ensure that when it comes to our relationship with God, that we are keeping it real? How can we ensure that we have this real relationship with God? And I've only got three points, three simple things that we can do to ensure that we have a real ongoing relationship with God. And the first thing we can do is to seek him first. When it comes to spending time with God, sometimes we are very stupid. And the biggest mistake we make is that we try to fit God somewhere into our busy schedule. I honestly believe that trying to schedule God is a, is a huge mistake. It's saying, I'll see God where I can fit you in. I'll try and make time. And can I say to us, please, do not schedule God. He's not meant to be an appointment. God is meant to be first. In Matthew 22, we know what it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. God has to come first. And if I want to know God genuinely, I have to seek him all the time in all that I do. Talk to him constantly. Run everything by him. Talk to him. Listen to him. Everything that we do should be for God. We shouldn't be just going, this is my God time here. This is, my, this is the bit I give God and the rest of my life is mine. God should be part of all aspects of our life. And loving God needs to be our number one priority. So the first thing we need to do, it's pretty simple. We have to seek him first. The second thing we need to do, if we really want to know God in a real genuine way, is to seek his word. How hard is it to regularly read the Bible? Well, apparently it's really hard. Barna Research did a study recently of millennial Christians they found that 38% of them did not open the Bible in the last 12 months. Didn't read a single scripture of millennial, not millennials, millennial Christians. I don't know if that shocks you or not. But what I do know is 
that if we're not reading our word, we can't get to know God? How often should we be looking into this thing called the Bible? How often should we be reading these scriptures? It says in Psalm 1, verse 2 and 3, But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They're like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. The leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. You know, I take from this verse that we should be reading our Bible, that we should be getting some form of scripture into our system every day. Every day. Why? Because the more we read the Bible, the more we know the Bible. And the more we know the Bible, the more we get to know God. It's pretty simple stuff. Here's an example. Look at this in Psalm 86. If I want to know, I want to know about God, look at this. This one verse tells me so much about God. It says, But you, O Lord, are a God of compassion and mercy, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. Now, we could spend a whole morning just breaking down that one scripture. He is a God that is full of compassion, full of mercy, slow to get angry. Is that the picture of the God that we see when we watch movies or when people sometimes talk about God that don't know God? They talk about this vengeful, angry God, this one that just wants to get you once you do something wrong, that's waiting to strike you with lightning. That's not the God that I read as I see that scripture. Filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. The more we know God, I think, the more we get to know this stuff, the more we love God. And the more we love God, the more the closer we get to God. And the closer you get to God, the stronger your relationship is with God. This is how we build relationship with him, by getting to know him, and we get to know him by reading the word. 2 Peter says, in 2 Peter 1, it says, May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. And you know, one of the main things he's referring to there is the Bible. He's given us everything we need to live a godly life. And if we want a real relationship with God, dare I say this, we need a real relationship with our Bible. I think you need both. If you want to know God really well, the Bible cannot be a dust-gathering book. I realise a lot of people don't have physical Bibles anymore. That's fine. It's great to have a phone. So many different versions of the Bible on there. But there has to be a system, a way in which each day you are putting something of God's word across your eyes and into here and therefore into here. There's got to be a way that this is happening each day. So we've got to seek him first. We need to seek his word. And the third thing, the three simple things, the third thing we need to do is we need to seek his will. Some Christians know what God wants them to do. Maybe God has made it really clear to you. Maybe you've been really fortunate that God has really spoken to you really so strongly and so deeply, but you don't do it. You have ignored what God has been calling you to do, maybe for years, because deep down you don't really want to. Well, first of all, I'd say in James 4, 17, it says, remember it's a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. 
That may not be motivation enough. But others avoid finding out what God wants them to do. They sort of think they've got an inkling what God might call them to do. So they say, God, don't talk to me. I don't want to know about it. Because <laughs> they're worried that if I hear what God tells me to do, then I feel guilty if I don't do it. So I just won't ask him. If we don't genuinely seek, seek God's will for our lives, I'll tell you what's going to happen. Each day, the less we seek um, God's will, the more we'll seek our will every single day. And the more we seek our own will, the less we seek God. So the more disconnected we end up with God. So what if that's me? What if I struggle to do what God wants me to do? And I would say if that's you, you know what, that is completely fine because there is a great solution for this. It's in the Bible. All we have to do, all we have to do if we are in that situation and we're struggling to want to go there, can I just encourage you, just genuinely seek him. Genuinely ask him. Just be bold and say, Lord, what do you want me to be doing? What is it you want me to do? And if you genuinely decide that you want to do this, do you know God will do the rest? It's scriptural. Look at this in Philippians 2.13. It says, For God is working in you, not only giving you the desire, but also the power to do what pleases him. If God has called you to do something, he will give you the desire, even if you don't really have the desire to do it. He'll give you the desire as well as the power or ability to do it. When we're open, when we're real with God, he is at work in us. We are not doing this alone. This is not something we have to try and I've got to try and do God's will. No, God's like, hey, you come to me, I'll help you. I'll, make, I'll pave the way. I'll make this thing doable. You just got to do what I'm calling you to do. He'll give us the desire to do that, even if we don't really like it. And look, we'll still want to do our own thing. Don't get me wrong. I still want to do my own thing all the time. Every day. But as time goes by, the more we press into God, I find that the less we want to do what we want to do because we're actually excited about what God has for us. And that makes it so much easier to do what pleases him. What if I seek God's will and he asks me to do something that seems really scary or impossible? Because I hear what he tells me, it's pretty clear. I know it is, I think he's calling me to do, and it's like, no, I can't do that. You know, if God does that to you, you're not the first. Let's look in Hebrews 11. It says, it was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God, who warned him about things that had never happened before. We have to understand that being asked to build a boat now, if God had asked you to do that now, you might still think that's pretty crazy. But you've got to understand that back then there'd never been a need for it. They hadn't had a flood. They had no idea about this. It had never happened before. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and to go to another land that God would give him as an inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. Do you know how scary that is? To have God tell you, just go, and you don't really know where you're going to end up? And I think that's all of us sometimes. 
we're worried that if God calls us to go and do something, we're like, but where will that end me? Where will I end up? How's this all going to go? It was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. I can't imagine getting to um, the beach over here and just believing that God's going to part the waters so I can walk to Kangaroo Island. Can you imagine that if, if God's telling, God's saying this is, this is going to happen? It's like, really? It was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days and the walls came crashing down. If I asked you all, because I said, look, God, I think God's calling us to, um, I'm not sure what we want to have crashing down, um, but if, if I'd said to you, look, I really sense that God is calling us to march around um, a few of the dilapidated buildings in Port Adelaide because God has a plan to destroy them, that, but we need to walk around it seven times over seven, seven days, and on the seventh day we'll do it seven times, I don't think many of you would join with me. You really have to sense that God is in on this, right? But these people did. They deeply desired to do God's will. And when they heard what God wanted them to do, they must have initially, I mean, I don't know, it would have been tempting to ignore it and go, that I mustn't have heard that right. That does not seem, does not seem right. These people took significant risks, not stupid risks, because they did things that they were convinced God was calling them to do. But they did all these things not knowing what the outcome would be. It's scary. And as a church, we're going to be stepping out. We're going to be taking some risks in the next few years. You know, we're going to plant and establish another two churches at least in the next eight years. There's risks. There's lots of risks. Things might go wrong. I don't know the outcome of this plan. I may end up looking silly. But I believe, we believe as, a, as an eldership that God is calling us to do this and so we have to go ahead with it. To not go ahead with it is doing the wrong thing. We need to do what we feel God is calling us to do. Now that's just us as a church. But what about us personally? When was the last time that we said, God, what do you want me to do? And we, and we asked that in a way that we meant it, that like whatever you ask me to do, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow through. I'm going to give it a go because I know that you're going to give me the courage and the strength and the ability to go through and do that thing. Now, obviously, I'm going to just do a little side note here because I know some people have done a lot of crazy things in the name of God, and by crazy I mean stupid. If it, if it doesn't line up with what who we know God to be, what you feel God is calling you to do, if it doesn't line up with loving other people and loving God, um, then I would suggest maybe come and run it by someone else before you proceed with what you think God is calling you to do. But when it lines up with, when it lines up with loving God and loving others, and maybe even, yes, give it to wise counsel and say, this is what I sense God is calling me to do. Um, you know, I had that recently with a person from the congregation and I won't name them because I haven't got their permission. But they, they asked to meet with Sally and I and they said, look, 
this thing's been on my heart to do this certain thing. And I, but I don't really know if this is what we're meant to be doing. So can I just run this by you, see what you think? And the person ran it by us and we we're like, yeah, this sounds fantastic, do it. Yeah, it's it's bold, it's it's out there a bit, it's, it's going to have them stepping out in faith, but it's like, why not? Have a go. You sense God's calling you to do it? I've, I'm good in my spirit with it. Go for it. And I would encourage you to do the same. Ask God, Lord, what do you want me to be doing? If you could genuinely ask this, you can be sure that it helps keep your relationship with God real. <laughs> I think God wants you and I to be stepping out in faith because it helps us to rely on more of him and less on us, and that's real Christianity. If you know that God's been trying to get you to do something, and I think you'll know if, if he has, if you sense that God's been this inner voice has been at you about something, trying to gently encourage you to do something, and you know you've been resisting it, Maybe because you can't see how it's all going to end because you're not sure. Remember this in Proverbs 3, 5. I love this verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Your own understanding will never let you do anything out of what you could do in your own strength. It really won't. It will say, no, I can't do that. No, you can't, but with God maybe you can. If it was left up to their own understanding, I assure you Noah would not have built that ark. Abraham would never have left home. Israel wouldn't have walked through the Red Sea, nor would they have walked around Jericho if it was left to their own understanding. When we do what God wants, I truly believe this, it brings us closer to him. So to keep it real with God, I've said Seek, 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 because I think we actually have to do something. It's, we can't just sit back and say, God, get close to me. God already knows everything about you. He knows everything about you. The only thing he doesn't have necessarily is that closeness with you. And he's saying, I'm here. I'm ready for it. Are you going to meet me or not? We have to seek. We have to seek him first Seek to put him first in every aspect of our life as much as we can. Seek his word. He gave it to us to reveal to us who he is. And not only that, it's such a powerful thing, the Bible. It's the only book I know of that you can read it and it, it will literally speak to you. It can change your life. It can change your behavior, your actions, your outset. It is a powerful book. As you'd expect, it's God-inspired. And finally, seek his will. If you're living in alignment with the things that God has called you to do, you will need to be close to him. You will be relying on him to get you to be able to do the things that he's calling you to do. God loves to stretch us. He wants to stretch our faith. And if we do these things, we'll be well and truly on our way to genuinely knowing God. In a moment, we're going to just end this service with a song. But I also want to give people an opportunity this morning. 
if you have been struggling, struggling to pray, struggling to connect with God, struggling to read your Bible, if you have maybe been ignoring God because you're a bit worried about what He's going to get you to do or actually you know what He wants you to do but you've just been ignoring it because you're like, this is all too much for me to bear. It is too much for you to bear but that's why God wants to bear it with you. But can I encourage you, we would love to pray with you this morning. If you want to take those next steps to saying, yep, Lord, I want to be, I want to be putting you first. I want to be seeking your word and I want to be seeking your will for my life. I'd love to just, let's start that process in prayer. I'm happy to pray with you. I'm happy to stand with you. But then I think it's really important later today that you actually go away and say, God, again, yourself, I'm open, God. What do you want me to do? Thanks for listening to this message from Port Life Church. If you have any questions, please email info at portlife.org.au. Have a great day.